Hello, and welcome to Shakespeare, the roundtable discussion podcast where we talk about Shakespeare. My name is Chase, your mostly quiet producer. Today, we take a look at the most unfortunately relevant play that we have covered on the show so far, Measure for Measure. Make sure to check us out on our new home at ShakespearePod.com. And now, on with the show. This play starts before we even start the podcast. No, he already started recording. I literally just hit record. <laughs> My new favorite way to greet people mm-hmm. is from the beginning of this play. Well, let's... let's. Alright, which of your hips has the most profound sciatic? <laughs> <laughs> no, which of you? Which of you, huh? You know, you work on the east side. That would play well there. You're like, hey, bitches, which of you has the most sciatica, huh? You? No? You? Alright. No, it was a... At first, I thought it said staccata. I'm like, oh my god, which is like a like pounding motion? Like a staccata? Oh, no, sciatica. Beth, read that again. Read that again. <laughs> which... Which of you bitches has the most sciatica? It's really weird to be recording uh, for the second week in a row. I'm sorry. It was also really weird recording last week without you being here. I am sorry I wasn't here. Um, I am one of the lucky few people. So only 10% of people get shingles under the age of 50. Uh, Only 15% of shingle cases present in the uh, eye. And uh, only some like 5% attacks the drainage port at the back of the eye for inflammation so my eye wasn't draining any of the stuff so we kept like taking the antiviral it was killing everything but then but it was, it was just, just all sitting there, just sitting just there. there. so when i went in to the doctor for a checkup on monday they wouldn't let me leave I'm like your eye pressure is 60 it's supposed to be 15 oh you can't leave here until it's 30 <laughs> and then you're gonna have to come back in a couple hours um, so that we can see if it's maybe not in a critical state. So I had lost all vision in my right eye. So uh, I should have played the lottery because everybody kept telling me, like, wow, you're that's like incredible that you got that. that Thanks. That's like a one in a one. This is what I can. That's a one in a million. Go fuck yourself. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, the most condescending doctor because. Have, I have an ophthalmologist now. That's great. Yeah, as we get older, we collect specialists, right? Yep. I have an ophthalmologist. Mm. You've got an ophthalmologist? I always had an optometrist. Now I have an ophthalmologist. I have an ophthalmologist because I regularly experience searing eye pain, not from shingles and not to the degree that you do, but... Well, I don't ever want to do it again, so okay. I am really sorry that you ever get it, period. Um, and if you ever tell me you have searing eye pain, trust me, I'll be the person who's like, what do you need? Is it chocolate? A pillow? Uh, all I wanted to do was lay in a dark is it, room. Is it a chocolate a pillow? Is it a, is it a chocolate pillow in a dark room? Because that sounds really messy. <laughs> it does. How about I just get you a pillow, a dark room, and then a bar of chocolate later? It sounds great. Um, and just for nobody to talk. No, I have an eye patch and I wear it and I look like a pirate. Oh. And then I have to go to work like that sometimes. And then I have children tell me, um, Halloween was last week. Thank you. I, Thank you, Mrs. Child. Greenlee. I Halloween was last week. Nobody calls me Mrs. Greenlee. So I didn't want... I do now. I didn't want the pirate eye patch because my kids would want to play with it. Right. Um, that's, and that's my kids accurate. are very concerned anyway because mommy is very sick. Mommy can't do anything. Mommy can't play with you. Mommy can barely... So I got the stick-on eye patches. <laughs> so this is terrible for, for radio, but that's me with a stick-on eye patch at work. Mm-hmm. It's pretty good. That's my hot mess. You can see my unicorn horn for my shingles. Mm-hmm. 
And it was, uh, people kept asking, oh my God, what happened to you? And I'm like, you should see the other guy. And at least four people took like a step or two back. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're on the east side. Cause well, yeah, because I mean, if you're on the east side. And they're like, oh, she might have actually fucked someone up. Um, <laughs> I guess she's in a suit coat and she looks put together, but she could have punched the shit out of someone. Yeah, but well, don't, you know, this is a bank. So remember where you are right now. If you come at me, it's a federal crime. If I punch you back, it's a misdemeanor. Also, I can put you in a man trap. I can! Watch me. Look my look. So, I love that there's a light switch at every register that will shut down the man trap and lock you in. It's yeah. bulletproof. Beth works at a bank where there's a trap. Yeah. I don't work on the best part of town. It, it's <laughs> not. But you, you do work at the only bank that is booby-trapped. No, and well, that's pretty neat. Well, it's... Now that we've closed the Grange, which is the other one that had the booby trap. Well, okay, yes. I was, up, I, in, I I was up in North-ish Toledo today and got threatened by a customer. So mm. that was fun. Ooh. Over the phone, oh. no less. That's always good. Well, I, I, unsurprisingly, not in person. Yeah, I was going to say, it's less intimidating <laughs> if it was over the phone. Well, yeah, but also, unsurprisingly, the, the, the person that was threatening me was not in front of me. Nobody, yeah, nobody is threatened, but we have had to have several talks with clients, or not clients, but people who are milling around the parking lot. I was, I was told uh, that... You can't be here. Please stop asking people for money. I was told that I was lucky that he was not there. Oh. Oh. Oh, yes. Oh, terrifying. Gonna, I'm going to come at you. Swinging a bit. He had an eye patch. Terrified. Mortified. Oh, man, I would have loved it if he had an eye patch and came at me, because then he wouldn't have had any depth perception. <laughs> It is really hot. It's really I kept, tricky. I kept missing with the key, trying to get it in the lock. To I'm, like, I'm like, yeah, let me fight people with no depth perception. Make my life easier. Say, well, but, but also, Beth, are you, you are better than you have vision return? I have complete vision, I, though I should warn She you. tried to offer me an eye patch at the I do. Store. I have the eye patches in my purse, not for mm-hmm. any good reason, but I do have to do drops in my eye every hour. Oh, so, okay. That's exciting. So instead of station identification, we'll take we'll, eye drop we'll, breaks. We'll pause for eye drop breaks. Well, no, luckily, I'm pretty good at just doing them. So luckily, I have an army of children um, that are pretty much game for anything I ask them to do. Yeah, and, and they came so over when I send out a text going, "Hey, can you come help with a podcast emergency?" They were like, "Yeah, the only, sure, we're on it." The only question that Thomas Long has is, um, "I'm with friends. Can I bring them?" So Bob Walters was on the podcast. Yeah. podcast. Yeah. That's exciting. And Bob and Tara. Uh, Tara and, and... And a kid named Carter. And Carter. Carter, the, Carter the, the kid on the wall. I saw the pictures. He's the floor child? He's the yeah, floor he child. Was the, he was the kid on the wall. And yeah, it was... His only question was, can I use your, can I use your outlet? Can I, yeah, can I use your outlet to charge my phone? Um, but he did He did eventually... We had the the piano bench up here, and he... Came up and he actually sat and you know somewhat engaged yeah, with well, the podcast. That's awesome! No, it was great um, because you know as soon as I explained to Thomas what we were inviting him to do when he was trying to figure out if they'd be able to come over, because you know Tara and Bob know me, so they can say to their parents, "Cassie needs me to go do a thing at ten o'clock at night," and their parents will be like, "Yeah, okay, sounds legit." Um, but Carter doesn't know me. His parents don't know me, so he had to get permission. And I can just imagine what that conversation was like. Can Thomas I go to this? Thomas's like weird theater teacher friend. I'm like, sure they didn't lead with the fact come. that you're weird. I mean, <laughs> this strange adult wants me to come over to their house at ten o'clock on a Saturday. Yes, <laughs> they're gonna record it, whatever it is. 
whatever's happening will be going out online. But while we were waiting on on permission from Carter's parents, um, Thomas's response was, he's, "I really, I really would like to. I really would like to be there and be part of this." So you know, I've got again an army of children. It was it was going to ha- time you want children to come over and talk about Shakespeare. I can provide them. I if, think, uh, if I it, think that we're definitely going to get to that. If it yeah. hadn't happened, if it hadn't happened last week, it would have eventually happened. Yeah. Uh, Luckily, thank you. Children, teenagers, I hope. Yeah, teenagers. Yeah, yeah, they're all teenagers. Thank you for teenagers they're for all filling in for me. And seniors in high school. Um, I really appreciate it. It means a lot to me that you came over. Um, and, the, you can, and next time, uh, try to cuss more because that's what I do. You can actually listen to that episode because I you're not that's what I that's what I said. Yeah, I told her. I'm a t- I'm a terrible podcaster, and that I can't listen to my own stuff, but I can listen to that one because I'm not in it. Um, you know, I, I I know at least Michael listened to it. Uh, and I asked him, I said, How, was, it, what, was it good? I've been worried about it, like, all week, you know, because I listened to it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, well, here's some things that I feel about it that I don't think were great, but that's me being critical of myself. And I was like, he's like, he's like, I loved it, but I am not a good barometer because, like, I love the whatever you're doing. And you had, the, you know, like, youth there and talking yeah. about Shakespeare. And so he's like... No, think, straight out of going my way kind of thing. I think we had a lot of really good conversation, um, particularly about how Shakespeare is approached in schools and... Mm-hmm. Oh, that was that. That, that was a great discussion. I think the only reason it felt a little Titus-heavy is because we just did Titus. Well, yeah, and I, um, I think... Well, and also because uh, knowing that he already had an affinity for Iago, yeah, using that to branch into other... Characters that would have the same kind of feel, a la Aaron the Moor, um, and things like that. That's what yeah. got us into talking about Titus. And then, of course, we we steamrolled from there talking about, you know, the, you know, blood and gore and yeah. your mom but jokes. I think it was, I think it was successful. I think they enjoyed it, which is great. And that's really what's important, right? It is yeah. what's important. And, I mean, the, a younger generation, obviously, um... Next time we have them on, let's just go over their favorite dick and fart jokes. Mm. And tell them to prepare. <laughs> we'll give them a little bit more notice. Yeah. We we did. We racked our brains trying to figure out what we were going to do because we didn't it didn't feel right to go into I, measure. I, I almost ran Shakespeare fake game. Don't you dare do that without. <laughs> Which is why we did it. Do you know how angry Ryan. I would have been? I was, do you I, see that bookcase over there? Mm-hmm. On the floor. And then you would have picked it up and repaired it and put it back in exactly the Harry Potter shrine status it's in right now. Probably not. I would have made you. I am much bigger than you. I would have made you. Have you ever picked up my dead weight before? It's a lot. <laughs> and I Is it as much as the dead weight of that bookcase that Cassie would have made you pick up? <laughs> no, but that bookcase always reminds me of Labyrinth. At the very end, the way her bookshelves, the like cubi- oh, yeah, the cubbies yeah. were that she had all the stuffed animals in. I just always think that looks like that. We'll have to put a picture of the bookcase now so that people know what we're talking yeah. about. Um, yeah, sure. another, another fun thing. So last week, obviously, huge diversion from format, the episode that just came out. From the format of what, Ryan? Of Shakespeare. And another Don't big you know thing you are? about Shakespeare well, we is that we that. we passed yesterday was our two year anniversary. Oh, yeah. oh I believe it was yesterday. I think it was the twenty second mm-hmm. of November two thousand seventeen. 
We're recording on the 23rd of November, 2019. If I had realized that, I would have brought a cake. So, two years now that we have been doing Shakespeare. So, this is the Shakespeare Podcast. That's right. Shakespeare Podcast. Uh, I'm Beth Roars. I'm Ryan Haffel. I'm Cassie Greenley. And I'm Chase Greenley. Now Chase is happy that we've introduced the show. It's, we're just 11 minutes in, and I, like honestly, at the five-minute mark, I, I, I start looking at the clock. Like, come on, guys. Oh, look, we've cold opened for way longer than that I before. Know. Um, but yeah, no, this is Shakespeare, and, you know, happy two years. Happy two years, yeah. guys. I feel like we should hug, but don't. So yeah, we're, this this episode will obviously come, come out, you know, a week and a half after... The two-year anniversary. Um, I wish I'd have thought about it coming up last week when we recorded because Wednesday's most recent episode um, would have dropped just two days before mm-hmm. the, uh, the two-year anniversary. I've celebrated anniversaries late. We'll just do it this time, too. All right. But, yeah, so, yeah, fantastic. I can't believe we've been, we've stuck with it this long. Funny that you should be measuring time today. Well, we're not talking about measuring time with this play. We're talking about measure for measure. What up? And I'm very, very glad that Beth is here to uh, rip this one apart with me. And I give am. horrible segues. Not the play. The play is good. The play. Uh, no, I the like this is, one. The play like is pretty one. good and timely. Uh, but to rip apart literally every male character in this son of a bitch. T- timely, yes. Good. Yep. So, well, even the characters that at the beginning, I'm like, oh man, you're you're an okay guy. Nope, not by the end. And in fact, uh, the beer, my beer of choice today is Goody Boy from a Columbus brewery because all of the boys in this think they're Goody Boys, and not one of them are. They're all Goody. They all think they're Goody Boys. They're all actually fuck boys. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's fuck boy. The play. Well, Lucio would like to be a fuck boy. <laughs> That's worse than being a fuckboy. But nobody will have him. In fact, in my notes, I just I think I've got Lucio. Is he a dick or an okay dude? <laughs> like wanting wanting. I feel to be, like if you have to ask that question, like, the answer is dick. Wanting yeah. to be a fuckboy is worse than actually being a fuckboy. Yeah. I think that Lucio is, in fact, he's just a minor character in it, uh, but he is the thing that makes the plot go. Mm-hmm. Um, but. He is what, in college, we would have called him a yach. Mm-hmm. A yach. Yeah, because he's just pretending to be something that he's not, and he's all talk, and he's no... Oh, God. Just... So, yeah, let's get into the plot of this one. All right. So, Vincentio... Set in, set in Vienna. Vienna. Vincentio is the Duke of Vienna. He's a yach. Yes, but he doesn't he's... start out as a yach. Well, no, he no, kind of does. he does. Cause he so... Start... so, this is a common Shakespeare thing that he starts out doing. He's like, all right, all right, all right. I'm going to leave town, and you guys run Vienna for me, okay? I'm going to see how well you do, see if you can do it better than me. You two, you're my deputies. That's Angelo and Aeschylus. And what we find out later, but I think is important enough to introduce now, is that for the last 19 years that Vincenzo has been in power, he's not really done anything. Mm Mm-mm. Um, He's let all of the laws, like, lapse. Nobody is held accountable for anything. If you break a law, it's just like, eh, whatever. Tomorrow's another day. Don't do it next time. Yeah. And he wants to uh, change that and have people start following the laws again. But he doesn't want to be the bad guy. He doesn't want to be the bad guy. I got very much, like, um, Chris Traeger vibes. 
So he needed a Ben Wyatt. He needed a Ben Wyatt, and he does not have one. Um, no, that's, I can see that. But he didn't want to be the bad guy, so he's leaving Angelo in charge because he knows that Angelo is super strict and is going to start whipping people into shape and upholding these laws very strictly, very stringently. And he's like, well, then everybody will be mad at Angelo. Yeah, and they won't be mad at me, but shit will get done. And instead of actually leaving town, I'm going to just disguise myself and hang around and watch what happens. So that right there is the dickhead common Shakespeare move. I'm not actually leaving. I'm just going to be disguised. And of course, like all Shakespearean characters, uh, they would be very confused between Clark Kent and Superman. Like they, you were, you are wearing glasses. You have on a friar robe and a fake wax mustache. I don't know who you are. So, yeah, so he leaves Angelo. chocolate all over his face and nobody could tell who he was. He leaves Angelo and Aeschylus in charge. And Angelo is like, all right, we got to start cracking down. Crack? Right now. Whip. Absolutely. And so then we jump to Lucio with a couple of gentlemen and they're hanging out at a brothel. So, Mistress Overdone. Mistress Overdone. They have some fantastic names in this play. Married nine times, overdone by the last. Overdone by the last. That doesn't come up yet. That's on my sheet. I really like. I know, that. but it was a good line. Mistress but no, overdone. It is a, it she, is a good does line. Does she have a husband? Nine. Nine, in oh, fact. Overdone by the last. Oh, I guess. Yeah. So they're they're talking about like, ah, I hear this guy Angela's been cracking down. Cracking oh yeah, down. my business is failing. It's terrible. And it's like yeah, and uh, Claudio just got arrested and is going to be executed. For what, you ask? For having sex with his fiance. Who, so, which is fornication because they are not married. Yes. So can we put. But uh, he, but he got Madame Juliet with child. Yes. Here's my first sticky note. Let's celebrate a work of literature in which the men bear the consequences for sexual activity. Because you won't see it again. Ever. Or my challenge is come up with one. Tell me another one in which yeah. men have the harsher consequence for sex. So yeah, so and the thing is, Claudio and Juliet are engaged, very seriously engaged. And in they fact, they're getting married. They've done everything except like the last little bit of and, legalness. And Claudio says the only reason we haven't gone that far, I haven't called the bands, which I'm guessing most of the time I thought of calling the bands is like publishing it. Yeah, he doesn't have the money. Yeah. He doesn't have the money to publish it in the papers that they're married. And make it official. Publicly. So, he, he and his common-law wife are having a baby. And, and so Angela, he's going to get his head chopped off. Angelo's like, fuck that. No, no, no. Fornication. Fornication. You're dying. You're dying. Nobody else in this town. There are no other fornicators. Because later, later we'll be in the prison and... The uh, the clown is what it is in my book. It's uh, Pompey. Pompey. Pompey Bum. Pompey Bum. He's a pimp. Yeah, and what a pimp he is. So <laughs> he has the best name. Pompey Bum. Pompey Bum. Can you call that in yours? Because in mine, yeah. he's just the clown. No, he's he's Pompey Bum. No, yeah, his name but, is Pompey Bum. Okay, I have a, I was reading a really well. I have an older one, um, and it's not Norton. Damn. But 
later he goes into the prison. He's reading off. He's like, I know that guy and that guy and that guy and that guy. And they list some of the things these people have done. And not a single one of them is for fornication. Well, I think it's just because Angelo, like, Claudio is the first dude Angelo found that he could, like, prove it because Juliet's pregnant. And so he's like, nope, I'm making, because he says several times, I'm making an example out of Claudio so that everybody else will think twice about committing this. And stop just fucking. Yeah. And, and I said so, it so Ryan didn't have to. Claudio's getting dragged away and he tells That's Lucio, important. he says, Lucio, please, my sister is about to enter a convent, but she's not fully a nun yet. Please go to her. Please ask her to go to Angelo and plead my case because he might listen to her. So Lucio agrees to do this. Yes. Because Lucio seems, in the beginning, like a halfway decent guy. Um, and then we meet the Duke, who's hanging out with a friar. And he's like, hey, I am the Duke. You know I'm the Duke. I'm going to pretend to be a friar. What and if Aaron Amor was all the friars? No. No. We talked about and that this last dude, week. <laughs> this dude, this dude, Vincenzo, I believe, I believe is it's not the our friar. No, he's not our friar. He wants to be our friar. He heard what, about our friar. What was the name no, of his? No, this, this is Ron Jeremy. No, stop. No, yeah, Vincenzo is Ron Jeremy. It's from... Uh, Boondock Saints. Okay. He, but he's like, yeah, he's like, so don't give my secret away. I'm going to pretend to be a man of your holy order and uh, just kind of watch what happens with Lord Angelo. What was the name he used? I thought I wrote it down. But it's like Lottawick. 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 Like, it doesn't come up until the very end. Like, we don't know what he's calling way, himself until the end. It seemed like it. a dick joke, whatever it was. Yeah. Lottawick would be a dick joke. So um, he's 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 hanging out still. Just to watch yeah, Friar Lottawick. Lottawick? Yeah, he's, he's got a lot of wick. He does have a lot of wick. So, Isabella is in her priory talking to the... Gosh. Talking to one of the sisters, Francesca. Yeah. Um, and it just this cracked me up. She's like, is this all of the liberties that we can take? This is it? And she's like, yes. Did you want more? And she's like, no, I want less. Be stricter, be harsher with me. And I'm like, oh, oh, oh. Isabella. <laughs> yeah, so basically someone's knocking at the convent door. Isabella can go and answer it and speak to them because she's not a nun yet. And if you're a nun, you can either have your face uncovered in the presence of a man but not speak. Or you can speak to them if your face is covered with a veil. But she can do both. But she can do both because she's she, not a nun yet. Because she, she hasn't goes, taken her holy orders and yeah. married Jesus yet. So it's, it's Lucio and he says, hey, your brother... In trouble for adultery. And she's like, adultery? With who? With Juliet. That's his wife. Not yet. It's not. We'll just let them finish getting married. Nope. They're going to nope. take his head. Well, nothing I can do. He shouldn't have fucked her before he could. <laughs> Too bad. That sucks. I really liked that brother of mine. And Lucio's <laughs> like, you, well, you could go do something about it. What could I possibly do? I don't know. Talk to someone instead of just being a... D- oh, my gosh. <laughs> so every... Like, this whole... Everything with Isabella is an argument and a fight. She is Hermione Granger. But I love that about her. Like, yes, it can be irritating at some points, and she can get, like, slightly holier than thou occasionally. Slight, slight, slightly? Slightly? Slightly. But yeah, I'm going to go with Beth on this one. But I love, and this will feed into our Agency of Women pin, she makes her own decisions. She does. That is true. And, and, and that, that is true. Does she, though? Tell the, mm. Well, we'll talk about it. We'll so talk about we're it. We're not there We'll yet. talk about it. Spoilers. Anyway, 
Spoiler alert. So she, for she a 500 agrees. year old play. She agrees. Okay. I will go. I will talk to Angelo. I will try to plead his case. 400. I don't know how successful it's going to be, but yeah, okay, take me to him. And so then we get one of the scenes that I appreciate. Aeschylus is almost a good dude all the way through. Because in this scene, well, he's talking well, to Angelo. Let's reevaluate his fall from grace at the end. We will. Okay. So Aeschylus is talking to Angelo and he's like, hey, Angelo, uh, maybe. <laughs> We shouldn't just like go from zero to a hundred and eighty. Yeah, maybe in we two should. Seconds. We should. We shouldn't go from nothing to chopping heads. <laughs> maybe we should tell people that we're going to start enforcing laws before we start enforcing yeah. laws, because otherwise they won't know that you're going to do it. Angela's like, nope, new dawn, new day. I'm in charge. Heads will roll. So they bring in um, elbow, elbow. They bring in Pom- Pompey Bum. Pompey <laughs> Bum. So Elbow is the constable. Is yes. Froth in this too? Yes. Okay, so they're bringing these people in and they're, uh, well, well, what do you do? I'm a tapster. So he is the brewer. He, for, he pours beer. He's a bartender of sorts. Yeah. Uh, so Angelo's having this conversation. With, this is Okay, so this is also, I agree with you. This is probably one of my favorites. Um, because Pompey Bum bores... Angelo to death with the talk of pregnancy constipation. So that is the conversation that's happening there. A very pregnant woman came into the establishment where he was working and wanted plums and prunes. So that she could move her bowels. So that she could move her bowels. I don't remember him saying that, but that's what you use plums and prunes for when you're super pregnant. That's what he was referencing. Yeah. There's only two dishes of them. What was I supposed to do? So he tells this long story it's so long this, this talk so much this long story about this woman who's but that's very, what's hilarious about very it. very right? pregnant who can't poop and she needs prunes and you know when you're having a kid you got to do what you got to do uh and angela's just like what eventually angelo legitimately leaves in the middle of the conversation he just kind of goes to ask he's like hey ask uh you got this buddy i'm out he makes fun of russians in here too <laughs> he's like this would last as long as a russian night so um I'm out. <laughs> Russians. Why are the Russians here? Duh. Not them, just their knights. Just their knights. So then Aeschylus is stuck having to listen to these blowhards. <laughs> Aeschylus ends with, like, will you just try better? <laughs> yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll try better. Okay, will you stop talking? Yeah, we'll stop talking. Okay, go. Don't let me see you again. Yeah, so Aeschylus is handling the situation, I feel like, transitioning from well, no enforcement to... Enforcement, you know, well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so then he's not—he's yeah. not trying. To, he's not trying to start chopping heads right away. No. So then we go back to Angelo, and he's talking to the provost, and the provost goes, "Hey, um, just checking. Are you one hundred percent sure that we are killing Claudio tomorrow morning?" Absolutely, we are. One hundred percent. We're going to leave a pregnant woman without father for her child. Yep. Okay, uh, murder, what are, what are we doing with the pregnant wife? Just put her somewhere. No, he tells him to treat her well. Treat yeah, her well. Treat her well. Put her put him somewhere, but kill her husband. Kill her husband. Put her up someplace nice, though. We'll treat her well. So, again, I defy you to find another situation where they're like, woman is pregnant. Like, Nathaniel Hawthorne, uh, in another hundred years, will put a big old red letter on her chest. He does call her a fornicatress. I don't care. That's fair. He did not put a huge letter, red letter on. Make, make, didn't, letter I'm not sure if that's really cool or wildly insulting. 
Fornicatress? Fornicatress, it's a good word. Can I call your husband it's Fornicatress? It's Manali's third favorite now? band. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you think they're a scream metal band? Oh, for sure. <laughs> Fornicatress! Yeah. But yeah. then he's told there's this uh, this young lady who wants, who to, wants talk to, to talk to you. She's from this holy order. She's going to be a nun. So you know that what she has to say is valid because... Nuns, of course. She's like, yeah, okay, bring her in. So Isabella comes in and she goes, hey, I've got a brother. He's condemned to die. I was kind of hoping maybe we could talk and you could do something about it. And Angela's like, mm, did he break the law? Sure did. Then nothing I can do is got to die. And so then Isabella turns to Lucio and she's like, nothing we can do. He's going to die. Lucio literally just goes, I think the exact phrase was, argue better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, you, that might be, actually, that might be he the exact her words. To get good. So, get, get good, uh, noob. Yeah. So it's, he, uh, Angelo says, you know, condemn the fault and not the actor of it. Every fault's condemned, dare it be done. Um, He's got to be punished. And Isabel says, oh, just but severe law. I had a brother then. Heaven keep your honor. <laughs> and then Lucio says, give it not or so to him again. Entreat him. You are too cold. Like. So one of my least favorite uh, criticisms that is often given to people is you should do better. Mm-hmm. But that, I mean, that's what he's saying to her. But that's really it's like, all. It's really valid it's like, in this. It is. It's like, yes, Isabella, could better. you uh, could you try? Wait, could you put some fucking effort it's in? Like, it's your brother. Yeah. Isabel, well, do you like your brother? She walks in. She goes, "Hey, my brother's gonna uh, be executed. Could you not?" He goes, "Afraid we're gonna have to." That's the sentence I laid down. Mm, stern but fair. <laughs> <laughs> I, but, uh, not no skin off my neck. More Deci- Christmas de- presents for me at home. Decision, <laughs> decision's been made. Moose out front should have told you. Moose out front. <laughs> Done. For those not in the Midwest, (laughs) I don't even know what that means. That's what is it? Uh, Canadian bacon. No, that's 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 family uh, vacation. No, no, yeah, it is. It is family vacation. Is Danny Aykroyd in it? No, that's why I haven't seen it. It's John Candy because he's like, no, yeah, parks closed. Moose out front should have told you. Yeah, Dan Aykroyd's the only Canadian uh, comedian I actually follow. So. But then, I'm sorry. I got a new one for you. It doesn't matter. Dan Aykroyd's the best. I know. Dan Aykroyd is also weird as shit. That's why he's the best. Uh, fair. What do you got? Uh, I gotta actually look up his name because I literally found him today. This sounds like a commercial break thing. Uh, maybe. Okay. Maybe. Oh, K. Trevor Wilson. That's his name. Okay. That sounds like a good name. Yeah. Dan Aykroyd's still better. Probably. So, Isabella enters into like a little bit of wordplay with Angelo, like... Are you sure you can't yield? If you pardoned him, like nobody would think ill of you, and nobody would really, and, nobody would care. And Angelo is not actually like, nope. paying attention to what she's saying, nope. but he's staring at her breasts. Yeah, basically. <laughs> uh, Which is impressive because she's probably wearing something akin to a habit. Yeah, but point. he doesn't care. He's apparently uh, the worst. Yeah. The worst. Let's not so forget he, this is a time period we're showing some ankle scandalous. So he is, he's enamored of whatever... She's pleading and pleading and pleading, and Lucio is putting these asides and going, yeah, that was good, that was good, good argument, good argument. And finally, Angelo says, okay, let me sleep on it. Come back tomorrow. I'll let you know my decision. So she leaves, and then Angelo goes into a 17-year-old boy, into the scene that they have after the girl agrees to go on the date, where they, like, fall on the bed, and they, like, kick their feet in their hands, so they're like, yes! Yeah. He is all of a sudden like, uh, 
want to do that. Yeah, he's like, I'm going to hit that. I want to go to there. And I have some leverage. I can't wait till she comes by tomorrow. Dip it in the sauce. And he, like, pretends to be conflicted over this. But not so conflicted that he's not going to do it. Oh, no. Oh, no, yeah. He, like, it's a facade. I don't even know who who he's... Who he's putting yeah. the facade on for this, because he's by himself. But this monologue has the same energy to me as Hellfire. Mm. From, oh, no, yeah, exactly. It's, it's, of it's very much. So here's what I have written on this piece of paper. Snidely Whiplash meets Frollo from The Hunchback. <laughs> yes. That's Angelo. <laughs> yeah, because he has this whole monologue about how, oh, I shouldn't be tempted by this woman. She's going to be a nun. She's pleading for her brother. And yet, I am... Upright, I am devout. I am, you know, and a good calculus. person. <laughs> <laughs> Which means the nerdier you get, the easier and softer it becomes. <laughs> but no, he's like, he's like, he's just fucking. As he's like, as hard as calculus. <laughs> get out, moose out front. We'll show you, Anyway, so that's Angelo's burden to bear for the time. The burden, yeah, because he's really, it's really, he's really torn up about the fact <laughs> that he's like he's gonna extort, so, he's gonna extort fucking sex out of this nun. So he gotta adjust his pants for the rest of the day. Like he's wearing pants. Rub he's not up. anymore. Rub it up against the side of his robes. <laughs> so in the. In the scene from Hunchback Notre Dame where Frollo is singing about the fires and the flame, we have Esmeralda doing a dancing, which is very similar to the flame. So do you think he's staring at the flame watching the bricks behind it? Because that's about... <laughs> it's probably... That's, that's, that's what we're getting. That's about it. it yeah. That's what we're getting from Isabella. That's what we're, not that I'm sure... Uh, I don't know. I don't know where I'm going there. Either so, way. So, yeah. So then we go back to the Duke. Yeah, like, like, oh, I'm such an upright citizen. I'm going to extort sex out of this nun. He hasn't extorted the sex yet. No, but that's his plan. (laughs) He's gonna. gonna. In his mind, he's like, oh, yeah. I'm going to fucking, I'm going to, I'm going to fucking make her fuck me so I free your brother. All right. We're moving on. (laughs) So we we go back to the dude. He's a scumbag. Speaking of scumbags. Yes. Lucio. Everyone else in the play. Lucio becomes a scumbag. Right, right about now? Not yet. Well, no, that's true. I didn't Duke, write any notes Duke for the next two. disguised as a friar yeah. um, happens to be at the abbey where they're taking Juliet. And so he hears about her plight, and he hears about Claudio's plight, and he's like, ah, you know man, what? this you know, plan that I had is not shaken out too well. This shit's but not you, going well. Who would have thunk it? I met another friar in here who has some interesting ideas about what you can do with poison and faking deaths to make the things you want to happen happen. <laughs> he wishes he was our friar. No, no, he met another friar. He met, he met, he met the friar. He met the friar. And got some ideas. And executed them very badly. Um, Speaking of execution. <laughs> so the next, morning, wow, wow. the next morning, Isabella returns to Angelo. And she's alone this time. Yep. So before there was, there were other people in the room. Lucio was there. I think Aeschylus was there, um, or the provost. There was there was an audience. There was an audience. And so he couldn't he couldn't he couldn't act on his boner. Yeah. At the so time. now it's just them, and she comes back and she says, "I'm here to hear what you have to say." And he says, "There's nothing for it. Your brother has to die." Unless. 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 But she doesn't. He like he he's like, but there's possibly. Something that 
could be done. And he like plays this hypothetical, like hypothetically, what would you be willing to do to I, free your brother? And he said, I would give, she, I would give all of my body, but none of my soul. But your body's what I want. So perfect. We can do this thing. <laughs> he's he's like, we can do this later. <laughs> done. Like, yeah, I don't so care about he, your soul. He and tells then, her, if you will sleep with me, if you will yield up your virginity to me, I will free your brother. And she's standing there going, I'm sorry. What? He's like, yeah. Wait, you're uh, going to... We will make the, the beast with two backs and your brother goes free. What part didn't the, you get? The thing... The like, thing, he keeps explaining over and the over, thing that over. You're, The thing that you're going to cut my brother's head off for... Is what you're going to do with Is what you're going to... You want to... Yeah. Also, I'm literally about to become a nun. Did you miss that part? Nope, got it. But don't worry. No one will believe you. They'll believe me. I'm a virtuous. I'm about about to be Jesus' wife. She says no. And she says, absolutely not. And I'm going to cry out on you. I'm going to go tell people that you made this offer and you made this demand of me. I'm going to let people know the kind of person you are. Go for it. And his response is, nobody will believe you. He's like, I like beer. So, I... I like to drink it with PJ and Squee. Hey, it's Brett Kavanaugh. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. Yep. He's He's a judge. I want you to know that it took me a really long time to get there. I'm like, PJ and Squee, what the fuck are you... Oh, Brett Kavanaugh. No, I was... Yeah. Cassie knew as soon as I I said it. I like beer. Yeah. And and, and so, so he, he first of all says, if you sleep with me, I'll free your brother. And she says, absolutely not. And he goes, okay, let me up the ante. If you don't sleep with me to free your brother, I will make sure that not only does your brother die, but it will be drawn out, it will be painful, and he will know the whole time that you could have gotten him out of this. And that's when she says, I'm going to go tell people what you are. And he says, go ahead. Go ahead. Nobody will believe you. Go ahead. I've got it on my calendar that we didn't even meet. When you want to describe to somebody, because I don't have... An instance to go back to where somebody did not believe me about sexual harassment or sexual misconduct. I have been lucky to, the few times that people have made untoward passes, people have believed me. But if you need something to reference for someone who will not believe or who does not understand what that would be like, this act, this scene, right here, those lines. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That is why women don't come forward. So that's my one serious... Thing. Oh. I should have had more beer before I drank. I, I mean, I, I plan on talking about that more. No, we get to well, no, it's an, it's, that's yeah. why this play is timely. Yep, yep I agree 100%. So, I don't like the play, but gonna... I don't disagree about its timeliness or importance. Yeah, then me too. We're going to. Oh, oh, she jabbed herself with a but sharpie. I didn't, though. There's like, I got nothing. You got it on your palm. Wait, is that a librarian? No, that was already there. Oh, is that okay. a librarian skill that you can close a sharpie onto your own hand and not be marked by it? <laughs> Man, I wish. It's a perk of the profession. It's like, like a D&D feat. It's not, feat. though. I, she she I took a feat for it. I sharpie all the time. Yeah, she I took, just a, she took a feat last time she leveled up. Yep. Plus one inch and uh, never mark yourself with a sharpie. Nobody lets me play D&D anymore. I don't know what you're talking about. Chase, invite me to a D&D game. Sorry, that just came out. Yeah. And so this I, I, scene... I um, I've been uh, waiting for my invitation for a long time. I am, really like I am intimately familiar with this scene that we just talked about. 
Were you in Lisa Lockford's Shakespeare performance? Lisa class Lockford doesn't like me. No, I've never taken anything from Lisa Lockford. Okay. I couldn't remember if you were there. Because I know I was in it and Heather was in it. And usually when I have memories of me and Heather from college, you're like there as well. Some, oh, somehow I, involved. Yeah. So I like is that like how I, Is class. that how I, like, I put Josh Smith yes. in a lot of our memories? Yeah. Oh, that makes me very happy. Yeah. I love you from but, college okay, too. So, so I was in a, I took a class, Shakespeare and Performance from Lisa Lockford in college. And our final group projects were from measure for measure. We were mm. all given scenes and given roles that we had to work up in groups of two to four people. And we blocked them, we rehearsed them, we staged them, and then we presented them to the class. And I was paired with Travis Cook. Mm-hmm. Um, and we did this scene. Oh. From Angelo and Isabella. Mm. And we he's sat a tall, down. He's a tall guy. He is a tall guy. And when, when we first sat down, it was really great. And I appreciated working with him so much because we first sat down to talk about the scene. And he goes, hey, this is a really awkward awful scene it's a gross it's a gross scene sure. yeah and travis like, no knows yeah. he knows and he said, i want to make sure that you are always comfortable with what we're doing and i said i appreciate that i want to make everybody else super uncomfortable with what we're doing and we did <laughs> we we took it to really gross unpleasant places so when he was delivering that speech about your brother will die a horrible painful death he was literally immediately behind me he had one hand like on my Ooh. clavicle and the other one like had my hand behind my back. Um, we made it really intense and we worked really hard on it, but I wasn't even, and we performed and it was great. And you know, people really appreciated the way that we, we performed it. And I didn't even realize though, how much being in that show had affected me being in that scene for this class had affected me until the summer after I was staying over the summer for I was directing Horizon at some something, mm-hmm. and I was, I was no because it wasn't Henry V. It was a Shakespeare that I wasn't auditioning for, so it was mm-hmm. further on. After. Gotcha. Um, but Bailey, I was staying staying in an apartment with Bailey, and Bailey was in the back bedroom, and she was practicing an audition monologue for Beautiful Kids or for Lion Face, some Shakespeare mm-hmm. thing that was going on. And I wasn't, like, I could hear that she was practicing, but I couldn't, like, distinguish anything that was being said. I was just, like, out in the living room doing my thing. And all of a sudden, I had goosebumps all over me. And I'm sitting there going, I feel really uncomfortable right now, and I don't know why. I can't figure out what's going on. And then I realized her audition monologue was Angelo's monologue from this scene. Oh, so it's... And, like, I just heard it in, like, the the lizard part of my brain. And it, like, brought me immediately back to performing that scene Your your lizard brain with the flight... The the fight-or-flight mechanisms. (laughs) It was like, get out of here! Get out of here! I I think we need... We will revisit this scene. Yeah. Drop drop her tail and run. I have a lot of thoughts about this scene. I have a lot of thoughts on ways that I would direct this scene. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of, like, um, tropes, physical tropes... That I yeah. see in shows like the hand slamming up against the wall, that kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. That I feel like this piece, in it's just like, in just words, the feeling of trapped and no one will believe you, are perfect right in there. And it's it's very intimidating and it's very much like one person has all the power in that scene, and is using it. Well, you need the right the you know the the right kind of menace, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it we don't ever talk about authorship. I think it was Shakespeare, but there, the thought there that, is, that there is a woman who influences him 
there is so much feminism in all of his pieces, and we talk mm-hmm. about it all of the time. And this is another good indicator of there is a shared authorship like, question with this. Like play. this, this scene right here. I'm not saying a man couldn't, because Lord knows there is male on male aggression in the same manner. There's no reason to think that somebody who was more powerful than him came at him in the same manner. Mm-hmm. But it just reads so true. Yeah. So let's drink more beer and keep going. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So we go back to our disguised Duke, who oh. is now talking to Claudio. And he's saying, hey, man, are you prepared for death? Prepare yourself for death. I don't want to be prepared, come, but, but, baby. You gotta, but But you we gotta. were married. And then Isabella shows up and she, she says, Claudio, I got to talk to you about what happened with Angelo. Um, I tried to talk to this motherfucker. Like, I tried to talk to him, and he won't be moved. And Angela go, and Claudia says, "Okay, I thank you for trying. You did your absolute best. Um, but I, you know, I appreciate. There's no remedy." And then she says, "Well, I mean, there was one remedy, but I'm not doing that." And he goes, "Why the? Why wouldn't you?" Well, and, no, but she says he he offered to free you if I gave him my virginity, and Claudio immediately says, "Don't do that. Yeah. You should not do Cla- that." Claudio immediately, absolutely yeah, not, sides with her. And on she that. goes, "Oh, thank you so much. I'm so glad that you believe what I say." You know, and then Claudio immediately comes back and he goes, "Although you know, my death I- is so permanent, and your virginity <laughs> is just a social construct made up by gender rules." So- <laughs> That's not exactly what he says, but. Oh, my bad. I misinterpreted. <laughs> but that's what he's going for. Yeah. No, I'm agreeing with and, you. But so he, he does, like, after, I, I love and appreciate that his first impulse is absolutely not done. But then he fucks it up. But then he does fuck it up because he starts thinking about it. And he goes, you know, like, it would be such a little thing. Like, it would be like a real quick little moment. God would forgive you. Just a little prick. Like. <laughs> All right. The moose is, again, going to tell you. <laughs> Tell you where to go. Like, God, God would forgive you in these circumstances. He would take it into account. He would forgive you. Like, what better gift could you give your brother than? And Isabel's like, what oh, better no, gift? No, what no, better no, gift? Stop, stop, stop. No, Ryan, 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 Ryan. I'm going to stop you right there. What? What? I think I need, like, do you ever see those moments where you're watching little kids and you know they're about to start to fight and they're going to do something that's terrible and you wish you could just yell, freeze, and they don't say the thing that they're going to say? What so I'm gonna better steal- thing shh, could you do than fuck some guy? on my behalf. Which is better. I'm sorry. Because I really thought he was going to say, what better gift could you give your brother than to give up your virginity for him? That's not what I was ever going to say. That's really where I thought he was going to go. No. So it's a little bit better, but it's but still yeah. not But good. the end of this scene, I, Isabel yeah. like calls him out. She's like, no, 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 no. And he keeps trying to go, like, but no, listen to me. She's like, no, 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 no. He starts out good, right? He starts out He starts out in a place of I'm not gonna. I, you, okay. Don't he do does, this thing. And just say, hey, hey, I don't want to die. So I mean, I it's not coming from the most selfish place of not wanting to die. Right. So here, I think in this scene, look, I identify with not wanting to die, but at the same time, in this one action, I feel that Claudio gets a pass, not because he asked his sister to go sleep with someone on his behalf. But because when you are staring down the barrel of death, and it is the action of sex, which 
clearly he doesn't find it so morally repugnant. Well, obviously, yeah. he's been sleeping with his... He's been in the... And, and he with started, a fornicatrix. He started yeah, with, with his no, fornicatrix. No, 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 sister, this is what you want. And then he stops and goes... Bleh. But I don't want to die. I'm going to die. I haven't met my kid. My wife will be alone. Everything will be done. Apparently my death is going to be very bad. And all you have to do is close your eyes and think of England and I could be alive? Think about it. Think think about it. Christmas is will be lonely without me. <laughs> you don't so, know. And, and, and I, I, do, so, so, I do get, so in I do my, get your, what you're saying. So yes. in my, my level of uh, goody boyness, like, Claudio gets a pass gets, in this moment for yes, me. Yes, he does. But this does not ruin Claudio. Claudio, to me, is a tragic figure who's just like, he was doing his thing. And then all of a sudden, well, the guy's it, like, oh, that thing you were doing? And I know you were waiting until next payday so that you could register your marriage, which was going to cost 25 bucks and you only had 23 Too bad. You're going to die now. Like, that's where I feel he is. Yeah. He is trying his best. And he's just gotten fucked over. And now his sister could get him out of death if she had sex with this guy. I don't think she should have sex with this guy. Everything about Well, Claudio, Claudio doesn't think she should have sex right. with this guy. So his, but at the same time, he doesn't want to die. Yeah, yeah. so his, his little moral falter here... He's not, he's not, this isn't a Lucio We're moment. not all at our best when we're staring death in the face. Well, and Claudio is... So, not even in this play. He's been, yeah. he's been stuck in jail. Yeah. He doesn't know where his wife is. Yeah. He, like, this friar long dick over here is, <laughs> keeps talking at Did him. you say long dick or lawn dick? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so they're having this argument and then the Duke sidles and he's like, ah, pardon oh, me. Oh yes, Duke Friar Long Dick. Did you say lawn dick? Why would I say lawn dick? Yes. <laughs> but he says, you know, I couldn't help uh, overhearing what you guys were you've talking got, about. You've got a bit of a quandary and, here. Uh, I, uh, I might, I, I might a, have a solution I'm for you. I'm a friar who's got a really good plan about how you can fake deaths and make everything work out. Drink this. This isn't the fake death part yet. <laughs> drink, drink this. This isn't the fake whoa, death part. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Strange so, guy I've never met before. Oh, <laughs> I'm right. not drinking shit. No, no, no. But what he says is the faking death comes later. This is right the faking now, sex, right? Oh, yeah. This, this is, is this is the sex. bed trick. Yes, the bed trick. So, so he, he yeah. pulls Isabella aside and he goes, hey. Uh, so Angelo used to be engaged to this lady. Still is engaged. Still is, well, technically. To this lady named Mariana. And, and fortune they, sunk. And then her dowry got lost at sea, and so he cut her out of his life. You know what? I'm going to go on a limb Angelo's here. a dick. If Angelo I, is a dick. If I ever have to do investments, I'm never going to do investments in anything that has to be shipped overseas. Because I'm just afraid that it's... The number of times the plot of something is that it was lost. So, like, see the pirates. Count, yeah. count of Monte Cristo. I, I, so like, if you need me to invest in your tulip empire, but it needs to... <laughs> fucking Dutch tulip empire. I'm done. I'm out. Uh, but I forgot the worst part about the scene. Which is when the Duke says, listen, Angelo's just testing you. He's not actually gonna... It's again not believing yeah, it's like it's just it's just a test, and you passed it. It's fine. He's not going to kill your brother. He's not yeah, going to demand he, you yeah, sleep he, with him. But in case he does, uh, let's go see this this girl Mariana because they were married and everything, but the legality and the sex part. 
and uh, she'd probably be willing to have sex with him. And so if you sure, arranged with him, so low. if you arranged with him, like, yes, we will do this, but it must be completely dark and I won't talk to you. And then we just send her in your place. Hey, that's fine. That's how I prefer sex to happen. That's how everyone preferred sex to happen in that's how the Scientologists Vienna. That's how the Scientologists do it, and right? Then, yeah. And then Isabella and I. Well, no, they have they have to get their free neutrons or whatever. That... Yeah, now we're subversive. <laughs> Put the sticker on it. <laughs> and so then whatever Isabella, alien shit in, a, is. in a questionable moment, goes. Yeah, okay, we can ask him to do that. I mean, if she is willing to if have sex willing, with him, and it will... If anybody's willing to have sex with him... so And it'll save my brother's life, and what? I don't have to have sex with anybody. She's not my she, body, she she's would not send, my soul, not send, my monkey's, not my circus. Yeah, she sent Friar Lawadick or whatever to Lawadick? go... <laughs> whatever his fucking name is, she'd send him to go fuck Angelo if it saved her brother. Oh. As long as she doesn't have to fuck Angelo... And if somebody who I, wants to fuck Angelo goes and does it, fine. I think at this point it's, can we screw this guy over in some way? Is it going to trap him? Are we cool. doing a marriage trap? Let's awesome. do it. Love it. Let's, let's do, do it. it. Whatever it takes. You know what? He wanted to sexually assault me. So let's sexually assault him by changing the partner that he thinks he's having sex with. So that well, is I mean, tit for, tit for tat sexual assault is not okay. <laughs> it's not. But, and that that is, let's not mince words, that's what they're doing. Mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That they are perpetrating a sexual assault uh, in the reverso. So the they're switching switcheroo. the old switcheroo. So they're changing up sexual partners without the other person knowing. Which which is wrong in real life. Yes. Look at you, Revenge of the Nerds. Yeah. I don't know that I remember that in Revenge of the Nerds. Oh, yeah. Revenge of the Nerds oh, is yeah, very problematic. Happens. Yeah, it's very problematic. Yeah. Oh, I believe you. And it's in the, the fucking like daytime Comedy Central cut, too. Like, yeah. I feel like I just didn't finish it. Didn't it happen in 16 Candles, too? Mate, uh, ooh, I have not seen 16 Candles. Yeah, because the... I don't know, all those... Jock's girlfriend is really drunk, and he's like, I could go upstairs and bone her if I wanted to, but I don't. And somebody else goes upstairs. Yeah, yeah, it's been a long time since I've seen 16 Candles. I don't watch the. It is. It, but they were kind of shitty. But Revenge of the Nerds. No, I, no, I just know that Revenge of the Nerds is incredibly problematic. I that scene gets talked about more often. All right, yeah. we're gonna have a lot to unpack. Okay, so continuing. Yeah. On. We do so, with this play. Hey, there's hey, a lot. Hey Beth, since we're gonna be unpacking something, can I get one of them goodie boys? <laughs> you want to un six pack it? Yeah. That's good because I can't drink so them all and drive home. Then no. we have probably the best thing that could possibly happen to the horrible Duke who I hate. Um, he has to sit and have a conversation with Elbow, Lucio, and Pompey. Pompey Bum! Nothing and is. he can't escape from it. Pompey Bum is the best fool. Uh, I'm going. Yeah, I think. It was, hmm. He might be. So I had not read Measure for Measure before I read it for. I read it this week. Um, which I know I should have read it before, but you, shingles. you had shingles in your eye. I couldn't you read. couldn't read because you couldn't see. So, uh, <laughs> couldn't read. So, Pompey Bum, although he's not as prolific as Touchstone, who has you, always who, been. Who you love, and prob Touchstone. Probably still is my favorite clown or fool. But Pompey Bum has some amazing. Oh, work. he's got some good so can shit. We, can we get a pin for Pompey the Fool? 
so that I can go over some of the Pompey lines and some of the reasons why Pompey is an excellent fool. Uh, He's he's amazing. Pompey bum, Um, the the pimp. That will help us get through the jail scene much faster if I can just come back to it later. He's the pimp who works for Mistress Overdone. But but basically this scene is Lucio starts talking shit about the Duke. And the Duke gets, like, super mad about it, but he can't actively get mad about it without Cause, revealing Yeah, because he's identity. not the Duke right now. He's, uh, long and wick. Um, but honestly, the things that Lucio's saying are not, not incorrect. True. Yeah, like, like, he's not, he's not, he's not wrong. The Duke let us hear. The Duke is the reason this city is the way it is. He's not very good at his job. All that and the Duke's like, say that to my face. It, I mean, I say that to the Duke. If I was the Duke, if I was the Duke, pretend I'm the Duke and say it to my face. face. Okay, I will. I'm all bold. So this is the scene that made I'm me Poppy like, Bum. Like Lucio seems like an okay guy, but he really. He but he's ends only up, he's only willing to stand up to people when they aren't there. Yeah. Otherwise, he just does yeah, what everybody tells him to do. Well, and un- unsurprisingly, like most, yeah, like most yachts. It's a it's a common thing. Like we talked like I said earlier. Unsurprisingly, I was threatened by someone today. It was not face to face. It's why it's Inter- always- internet tough guys. Trolls. Things like that. Trolls. That's Lucio. Yeah. He's he's more than willing to oh yeah, I'm fuck shit up. I'm a badass. As long as he doesn't have to face the person that he is actually talking yeah. to. Yes. Well, so and I he, and, and up until this point, Lucio's like he is the runner. He's the person moving the plot along. He's the one who goes to get the sister to begin with, which moves the plot along for Angelo, who moves the plot along for this and that and that. And moving forward, Lucio is our plot device, and he seems okay until all of a sudden he's an asshole. What is this? What have you brought out? All right. I brought out fruit on the bottom. Oh, my gosh. All right. So, Ryan and I were at the beer shop together. and My, my beer of choice tonight, by the way, is Dirty Blonde. Dirty Blonde. To go along with the theme of the, you know, hookers and pimps. Yeah. We walk... So, what is, what's its actual name? The uh, name of the store. BG Beverage Center? The BG Beverage Center. So, whenever we go in there, the first thing they see when they see us is, what's the theme this month? What do you guys? What, what like? Legitimately, we walk in the door. And What's the theme? So we got to give a shout out to the BG, BG Beverage Center. Center. Yeah, because they are always amazing, and we're like, uh, they always they come up with suggestions for us. Yeah. We're trying to find stuff. So they really know their shit. If you're out there looking for beer, they know what they're talking about. Really, I, so they, they really, love they love talking about it. Too. They do the so be, we, best selection in town. We come around the corner, or they come around the corner. What do you guys? What's uh, what's the theme today? And I'm like, it's <laughs> pimps and hookers. <laughs> and we're like, oh. Okay, but I should have told them. We'll come up later. Should have told them. I need something for a headless pirate. Yeah, we could not find any headless pirate beers. No dead pirate beers either. Um, I mean, but, rogue. Yeah. We could have gotten some dead guy ale, but yeah. it's it just, not as important. Is, but it's not random dead guy. It's rogue dead guy. It should have been random dead guy ale. So also, we're not allowed to drink that on this podcast. That has like a 10%. No, no, no. It's, dead guy is fine. It's arrogant bastard we have to watch out for. Because that's the And that's, that's just you two. I know. There was an 8% beer that I put back. I'm like, ah, uh, we're that's, proud. That, that's stone, ar- uh, stone yeah. arrogant bastard. Oh, you're right. I still have to go back and listen to that one podcast so I can find out what that really good monk beer was that we were drinking. That you that, got uh, from, that from Jason, Boten. I just got lit. 
that you're foreboding for it drinking. It was like two of them, and both of us were like falling asleep. I had to take the rest John. of them home. They were amazing. I took the rest of them home and finished them. You because still you, won't tell me what it was. I know. I was, well, I don't want Chase to find out because I don't want Cassie to murder me. I remember what it was, too, but... Well, like I said, I don't want Chase to find out it's, because I don't... It's fine. We're in Christmas beer season, which is almost it's all, all I'm drinking needs. right now. So, there are only two good Christmas beers out there. That's enough. You only need one. <laughs> First Dad, of all, Dad. Dad's great. And and 12 dogs. I don't Great Lakes. Like. No, Great Lakes, no. It's too, there's too much variation from year to year, not enough consistency. I don't like fruit and shit in my beer. And so many Christmas beers are... Fruity, like cranberry ales and bullshit like that. Well, they're all spiced. It's, you know, like mulled wine spices and things. But anyway, so just to digress, right? We've been really, really heavy. We have. So I am bringing back, make Cassie drink this beer. Cassie drink this beer. Oh, and she's going to hate this one, too, because I saw what's on the label there. So fruit and hops on the bottom. Oh, there's like stuff in it. No, 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 no. And okay. yes. I mean, there's stuff in it. Like, like, it's it's a, tradi- <laughs> a traditionally it's a, hopped. It's canned. A rotationally hopped sour India pale ale. So that's what you're gonna hate. With strawberry banana. There's what she's gonna hate. Milk sugar, otherwise known as lactose. Nobody puts milk sugar. Who writes milk sugar? It's Who lactose. makes yogurt beer? Yogurt. Why are you making me drunk? And vanilla extract. It's yogurt beer. <laughs> All right. You gotta try well, let, let me first. Let me, well, I have, to, I have to try it. Okay, yeah. I haven't had it yet. Go for it. By the way, this is why they're all sick all the time. Sipping oh, that's actually really good. No, that's not right, awesome. That's actually really let good. I break off a piece of that. You can't break off a piece of a liquid beer. <laughs> Look, oh, damn. That's actually really good. Yeah, Cassie might not hate that. It's from Stillwater and Hoofhearted. It's a collaboration. I want beer. you to know that I tried to get him to get you a uh, pear cider. I would have fellow enjoyed it. Make Cassie drink said. this beer. Make Cassie drink this beer. Uh, fellow Ghostlight Media members, uh, Zan and Griffin would love the shit out of it. Oh, that. yeah. Yeah, right, Zan right, would. Right, Zan, right, for right, sure. Right. Griffin, yeah. Drink it. Drink it. <laughs> you can't make me laugh while I'm doing yeah, this. Yeah, we don't want it to come out our nose. No, it gets worse. <laughs> all right, all right, all right, I think it's good. delicious, yeah, actually. Yeah, that's, that's pretty like, good. Like, the initial sip was not It smells terrible. Bad, but it it's like getting worse and worse. It tastes like oh, really bad guava juice. Like, <laughs> Like if you had left guava juice, I love guava juice. Guava juice yeah, is pretty good. Uh, Why are you, like you drinking guava? Uh, you know, uh, really no, I'm not a fan. I don't like it. Uh, you know who I'm also not a fan of? Lucio. <laughs> <laughs> and she segues back. But that everyone Wait, was. Oh, it made my <laughs> actual beer taste worse afterwards. <laughs> everyone that was make Cassie drink this beer. Insulted the womb. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But uh, I, my mouth's anyway, when we were talking about this, sorry, we, need, before we, needed, we digressed with beer. We needed to lighten things up we a did, little bit. I agree. We did. We needed. Um, a, we needed a little bit of a levity break. But but Lucio, one of the worst things that happens in this scene that I think we slept on a little bit is he uh, goes to the friar, Duke Friar, and goes, "Hey, you know, uh, I was a fornicator once. I got a hooker pregnant, but uh, the Duke who doesn't care about these things." 
wasn't enforcing things. They asked me if I did it, and I said no, so I didn't get in trouble. So the Duke gets to see the error of his ways. Yeah, kind of. Kind of. I mean, through the through the lens of Lucio. Now, it will come forward again, because Mistress Overdone will bring it up. Yes. About um, Lucio, yeah. Yeah, and, and in the next scene, in the next mm-hmm. scene. So, again, we've got another court scene, pretty much, where Elbow arrests yet again Pompey and, and, and takes him in and tells him he's going to whip him and all this terrible stuff. Um, and the Duke, who's now heard this terrible thing from Lucio, kind of goes to watch these proceedings because he knows he's just messed up his town. Like, just made it awful. Didn't, did your, did the tea that you're drinking now taste worse because of what you just had in your mouth? No. Okay. I'm never Ryan. drinking yogurt beer again. Ryan. <laughs> I didn't, I, I didn't say anything. <laughs> Look, Ryan was not the only person it, it's who all, went it's there all and best. you know who I'm talking to. It's all best fault. Ryan doesn't know what a dick tastes like in his mouth, so it's, it's all okay. best fault. Excuse my euphemism. We are moving on. I wasn't even thinking of that, which means that I... Cassie was. Means the beer's doing well. We are moving on. Okay. So, uh, Aeschylus has has yet again Pompey Bum in front of him, and he brings Mistress Overdone in as well. And during the proceedings, Mistress Overdone talks about how Lucio... Knocked up one of his prostitutes, said he would marry her. And then when he got arrested. Denied everything. So, and was let go. Did you did you sleep did you sleep with this prostitute and get her pregnant? I did not. No. <laughs> I didn't. No. I, I did not have sexual so, relations with that woman. So the Duke calls Eskos over and is like talking to him a little bit about what he should do. Um and Esclus does not know that Duke Fryer is the Duke. Because he has no, nobody knows. Him. Nobody knows yet, right? I, the initial Fryer knows. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the Duke is basically like, look, yes, none of the other I like a lot of things up, and things are bad. But if you're going to cut somebody's head off, you better be above reproach, because the Duke, of course, knows that Isabel has been. Well, and yeah, so he comes. He comes back and. Mariana and uh, yes, yeah, so Isabella petition the Duke. Yeah, he takes Isabella to Mariana. Go see Mariana, and Mariana's like, "Yes, if it'll help you, I'll have sex with this guy. Why not?" Um. Uh. So, and and the Duke assures her, "You are pre-contracted to this man already as your husband. This yes. is not a crime." I am telling you right now, this is not a crime. It is not a sin. It is, in fact, you consummating your marriage. Yeah, you're just you're just doing Finishing. what you're just setting everything the way it should have been. You're just already. You're just doing. Which it's what worth nature tells you. Pointing to do. out that if this is true for Mariana and Angelo, then it, it is, is also, also true, true for, for Claudio, Claudio and Juliet. Juliet. Yes. And that's and I mean we're going to talk about this later, but that's one of my biggest frustrations. The Duke could fix all of this. He could, but he's right a now, brick. But he's an well, he wants. He still wants to see if he can. Like, let's see if we can get this Claudio guy off because now I'm intimately involved with this situation, and then we'll go back to letting Angelo clean up the streets. 
but not with anybody that I know. Well, it's like bringing in Rudy Giuliani to be tough on crime. Yeah, he got rid of all the big gulps. So, but they they make this plan, um, and then we go back to the provost and Pompey, and they have... (laughs) again. The provost is basically saying, okay, Pompey, you have one last chance to redeem yourself. We're going to apprentice you to the executioner. Sure. We're going to learn the executioner's trade. That sounds amazing. And the executioner's name is Abhorson, which I thought was really interesting. Abhor? Son. Poor. Abhorson. I connected it to, there's a Garth Nix trilogy that's the Abhorson trilogy. What's it about? Um, Necromancy, but the good kind of necromancy. That's not a thing. But it is, though. No, good people don't raise the dead. Well, exactly. (laughs) And the Abhorson's job is to walk in death with the tools of necromancers and undo the work that necromancers do. That's like the opposite of necromancy. Yeah, that's an anti-necromancer. That's like a cleric. Yeah. Anyway. This guy doesn't know what a necromancer is. It's true. I'm explaining it poorly. But <laughs> no, no, I'll read the books. Don't get me wrong. They're really good. They're really well done. Um, but that's I saw that name and went, that's interesting. A Porson is an executioner here, and in that See, book, I read it a is. Porson is the title of this person who makes sure the dead stay at rest the way they're supposed to. See, and I read it as abhor, as in somebody that you You abhor, yeah. That you can't stand to be around. Um because an executioner would have been shunned and ostracized. Yeah. yeah. And so, I was just wondering. Nobody likes nobody likes the executioner. Nobody likes the executioner, and nobody likes yogurt beer. I don't know. This is pretty delicious, actually. Yeah. All right. So, so yeah, but the only five doll hairs. And for I one. like so I wrote a bunch of stuff down about no this. no worse than going to the bar because first of all, um, Pompey Bum has some great lines. Yes. In this whole thing. He is wonderful inside the prison. He would make, like, the clown as a prison guard would be fantastic. Oh, yeah. No, and and like I said, and that's why I brought up about how Pompey Baum, he's the best fool. He's fantastic. And this is also where we get the head trick. Well, not... Not yet, but we get it. Like, we're going to come back to Pompey in the prison again. Yes. But the, the provost comes in and he goes, all right, I've got death warrants here from Angelo, from Claudio, <laughs> and for Barnadine. Right. So, I want to know. So, they go, Pompey's job is to go get Barnadine up. And it's time for his execution warrants in. Let's do this. And they're like, all right, come on, get up. He's like, no, I've been not drinking. yet. I- You're jumping ahead. I'm not. You are. Fine, you tell the story. Well, it's your turn to, it's your turn to get in trouble for jumping ahead. It's Normally it's me. It's what I do. No, it's it's the provost is is talking to the duke, and the duke's going, "Hey, is there? There's got to be a way that we can get around this." It's called for both of them to be executed. What if we took Barnadine's head and sent it to Angelo and said it was Claudio's and head. said it was Claudio's head? And this is the head trick. And the provost is like, no, because he's seen both of them. And the duke's like, when people are dead, it's really hard to tell what they. They look, look different. Like. And he's like, he's like, got a completely different hair color, and he doesn't have a beard. And Claudio has a beard. And the duke's like, fine then. I guess it doesn't work. Well, luckily. No, we're not there. We're yet. not there yet. And so then... Thank you for skipping ahead as well. You're welcome. So then, yes, apparently all you have to do in Vienna to avoid being executed is be super drunk and not want to get out of bed. So, okay, so what's the problem with Claudio? 
He just has to stay drunk for the rest of his life, and he won't get executed because apparently saying when the executioner comes and says, "Hey, it is time for you to be executed," if you go, "No, I was up drinking all night tonight. Today is not the day. I'm not getting up. You're not cutting my head off. I'm not sober enough to die. I'm not sober enough for you to and cut my fucking head Barnadine off." Barnadine has been pulling this for a while. Like, Wouldn't you? Yes. If it worked once, I would be drunk every Cassie, day. Cassie would drink the shit out of this beer if it kept her head on her shoulders. She's like, yogurt beer? Let's do it. <laughs> the moose out front will get you an extra six pack. That's right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Park's closed. Moose out front? Should have told you. I'm going to have to watch that again. Um, because the moose out front might be my new favorite. That be our mascot. Yes, the moose out front of Shakespeare. No, this house. And the, so, mo- the moose yeah. out front of your address. But then, luckily, moose. we need to get a Christmas moose. Luckily, the provost then comes. I'll to go the in Duke, on that. And I think at this point, the provost knows that the Duke is the Duke. I mean, I think that's he's probably rules. figured it out. I don't think yeah. he actually gets told. I think he he maybe he does get told at some point. But I don't think he's been told yet. But I don't think he's been told. Yeah. Um. But I'm not delving that hey, deeply into the text at this fair. point. He goes, hey, uh, here's a good piece of news. Uh, this rando pirate died of a fever last night, and he looks a lot like Claudio. What? Random you... pirate? Let's cut his head off. It's a pirate of plot convenience. Yay! From toe to tip, that's Claudio. How many? How many pirate plot conveniences are there? Many. many. In what way the pirates influenced the plot? <laughs> No, we're done. All right. Yeah. <laughs> from last week. From last week. In what week. way do pirates influence the in plot? In what way do pirates influence the plot? And so, so, so basically, all of this is happening because they're waiting on word from Angelo to come and say Claudio has been reprieved because he promised because he slept with Mariana at this point, thinking it was Isabella. So let's think about this for a second. Let's just let's just roll through some things. If a man has decided that he is going to make a spectacle out of murdering someone, and he's willing to sleep with someone's sister in exchange for letting that guy go, but then he'd have to explain how he let that guy go for sleeping with that guy's sister, what do you think's really going to happen? Yeah. The word does not come from Angelo. In fact, he sends a letter that says, Regardless of anything you might hear, double kill cut. Claudio, and not only that, bring me his head. Cut his head off double time. So that I, and send it to me so that I know he's dead. And so that's what they're trying to work around at this point. And so they're like, all right, this guy died of a fever. Let's cut his head off. We'll send it to the, to Angelo. We'll say it's Claudio. Claudio, you're going to go into hiding and pretend to be dead. You're going to be Bloodio for the next couple of weeks. And then... In possibly his most dickheaded move to date, the Duke decides that he's going to tell Isabella that, that Claudio dead. was killed. Yep. There is no good reason at this point for him to lie to the Isabella. The only thing about I can this. think of is that Shakespeare's like, you know what would be great is if I don't have to write a whole bunch of scenes in Act Five revealing everything, but just one scene in which everybody is surprised with happiness. Happiness. And so Isabella comes in and she goes, where's my brother? Angelo was supposed to reprieve him. And the Duke goes, oh, no. He killed him. They cut his head off. But you know what you should do? 
I heard that the Duke is on his way back to town. You should go meet him at the gate and call out Angelo in front of the town to the Duke. So she does. And she, this, yeah, she takes Mariana with her. And the friar. And no, she's by herself at first because he's the Duke and not the friar. Oh, okay. No, friar, like the oh, other friar. Oh, friar Peter. Yeah, the friar. Um, and then the Duke sends a letter to Aeschylus and Angelo saying, hey, meet me at this random gate because I'm coming back. And uh, also you should make an announcement through the city that if anybody has grievances that they'd like to air to the Duke, they can come to this gate at this time and air them. And Aeschylus and Angelo are both like, that seems weird. The Duke keeps like doing things. Why is the Duke doing a thing? <laughs> this seems like a weird set of instructions we've been given. Um, what do you think's going on, man? Nothing. He's just coming back and wants some palm fronds thrown down in front of him as he enters the town. <laughs> and yeah, Angelo like Jesus. is getting hella nervous. As because well of this announcement. He's like, I don't know if I want anybody in the city to be able to come and air some grievances in front of the Duke. I maybe have been... Before I get a chance to uh, talk to him myself and disavow these people. Again, he's snidely whiplash and... Frollo. Frollo. Yeah. And so Isabella and Mariana go to where the Duke is going to be and... They're, like, shoring each other up with courage. We're going to make this confession. We're going to say these things. We're going to expose him. It's going to be scary, but we're going to do it. And they'll believe us. Absolutely. Because both of us are going to be there together. We'll tell what happened. As long as we can just get through the story and nobody interrupts us. And then the Duke, to the actual height of dickheadedness that he reaches almost, Isabella comes before him. Spills this story that he already knows. He knows she's telling the truth. And in front of everybody, he goes, I don't believe that of Angelo. You must be lying. Like, it is one thing for a woman to not be believed about sexual assault from people who don't know what happened. And it's another thing to be disavowed in public from someone who knows that you are telling the who truth. Who knows, now, yeah. he is trying to... I don't care what he's trying to do. Well, I He's agree. He's a dickhead, too. I agree with Cassie. I agree that. with Cassie, too. I understand what the Duke is trying to do. That doesn't make it any less dickheadish. Yeah. And don't worry. He doesn't get a pass. But he's like, I'm going to heighten the only, No, only one pass has been handed out. Yeah. And it was, okay, we'll let it slide because you're literally staring death in the face. Yeah, the guy who's the guy who's going to be killed? No, he gets, he, yeah. fine. He gets the one. He got the yes, one. He so got the one minor pass. I'm. There is one other pass I'm willing to give out in a second. Okay. Well, we'll talk about that when the, we'll, we'll bring yeah. that bridge when we come to it. Isabella reveals all this, and Angela's like, "Who are you going to believe? Are you going to believe this like random woman who's upset that her brother's was killed because he broke the law, or are you going to believe me? And I've Frollo. never done anything so, wrong ever. So, I'm Brett Kavanaugh. So the dude who are you going to believe? All right, Isabella. What was the name of the friar who helped you? She's like, it was long dead. And so the Duke, like, turns around, puts on his glasses and his wax mustache. No, he's like, no, he says, let, the, let this friar be sent for. And then he's like, oh, also, I gotta go take care of a thing. So Angelo, you deal, you deal with this friar bullshit. So he runs. You deal with friar long dick. So he runs to a, a phone, phone booth. booth. Yeah. <laughs> he does a quick change. 
And then he runs back out as Friar Longdick. And he's like, yes, she's telling the truth. Where's the Duke? I want to say this to his face. So yeah, he's like, Ange- the Duke. Angelo, Angelo blames everything. Everything Angelo is like, oh, no, it's all this fucking Lodowick fellow. And Lucio is there. He's like, yeah, it is this Lodowick fellow's fault because I heard him talking smack about the Duke when we were having a conversation. Yeah, he was talking shit. But by him talking shit, I mean I was talking shit. <laughs> Lucio. But I didn't say that out loud. Lucio also gets a huge "you're a dickhead" because he continuously no, interrupts. Does. No, the and and what I was, I think, when we were talking last week about telling you that we were going to be postponing this until you could be with us, I think I called it. Um, everybody, every man in this place, fucking awful, except for you, Escalus. You're doing fine, sweetie. Mm-hmm. Escalus loses that you're doing fine, sweetie. In this scene, when he backs up Angelo instead of Isabella and Mariana, yes. because it's like believe women. If it's not hard to do, they come forward, believe them. But again, I I will give Aeschylus a, a bit of a pass because as soon as it is revealed that she's telling the truth, he falls. Well, I mean, I, I okay, I, I get I get innocent until proven guilty, right? But at the same time, don't don't deny. That a woman is telling the truth when she comes. We don't need you to instantly forward. believe us. We need you to give us the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, exa- exactly. Sort of it's, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but yeah, totally, totally, totally. Be open. Be open to the fact that it's the truth. Yeah. It doesn't. It doesn't mean that you have to accept that it is the truth. You have to be open to the fact that it is the truth. Yeah, and Aeschylus's gut reaction is Angelo. No, of course Angelo didn't do that. Have you seen this guy? He upholds the law. And I okay, I can understand. To a certain extent, where that comes from, because yes, Angelo upholds the law to he the extent him. of he yeah, had murdering somebody a man murdered for sleeping with his, uh, with for his sleeping fiance. With his fiance. So I I get it, and that is why I'm willing to give Aeschylus a pass. But I'm also going to sit Aeschylus down for he like a, a woman chat. studies lecture. Yeah. He needs a chat. And like, hey, dude, um, let's talk about this because I feel like he would be open to it. If you well, had obviously, that conversation and, 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 with him. and it comes around. He comes he around he comes like around like right life. away. Like he he realizes. He figures out he's doing wrong. Yeah. He realizes so, real quick. All of this is revealed, and then the Duke's like ha ha ha, and like throws off the monk robe. It is I, the Duke, and it's been I all along. And honestly, somebody should have murdered him in the square at that point. I don't like him at all. He's a bad dude. I really don't like him because he could have fixed all of this at any point. By coming forward, when he realizes what's happening, going, whoa, 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 this isn't cool. I'm the Duke. I didn't go away. I've just been here disguised as a friar. Let me go use my power and authority to fix this without putting anyone through emotional trauma. But instead... He wants to be tricky about it. He wants to be tricksy. He wants to be like, ooh, look how clever I am. I'm the clever Duke. Yes. He's playing a game. Well, he's playing he's playing multidimensional chess in his own mind. He yeah. thinks he's playing multidimensional he's chess. He's playing multidimensional chess. Nobody else is playing a game. No. Yeah, he's playing, a he's, game playing, he's playing he's playing else. He's playing that Star Trek chess and he's the only one who's playing. Yeah. Everybody else is like, "Hey, my actual life and mental and emotional well-being is at stake here." He's playing solitaire, but he thinks he's playing with other people. Yeah. And I hate it a lot. Oh no, yeah, he's him. he's terrible. He's the worst. He's the worst. And I then, mean, okay, he's not he's not the worst. He's not the worst. Angelo is. Angelo the worst. is the worst. But 
the Duke is an enabler, it, and he's a close second because yes. he's an enab- the he is the enabler general. Um, because we're in this mess because he wouldn't do anything. He wouldn't. If he had just done his job. The responsibilities of his job. If he had just done his job. And it's not even like it started to lapse recently. It's for 19 years he's done shit. Yeah. He's literally done fuck all for the last two decades. And he wants somebody else to come in and to do his job. And that guy is... But in a way that makes fucking, him look good. That guy's fucking terrible. And doesn't make him look good. But he still doesn't own up to the fact that he is at fault for all of this. And in this scene, the person he is most angry at throughout the entire scene, and the person he like most is trying to like pin things on and make a fool of, is not Angelo. It's Lucio. Mm-hmm. Because Lucio talks smack about him. Like, yeah, that guy tried to extort sex from a nun and then killed a guy. But this guy talks shit, talk shit about me. But this guy shit about me. So obviously, like, oh, I, I, just, imagine, mm, I hate him so much. He's about to extort shit, sex and from then, a nun. And then, in what is actually the most dickheaded move that the Duke makes... He goes, everything's worked out. Angelo is punished by having to marry this woman that he slept with. And then he sends them off to get married. As soon as they come back and their marriage is legal and consummated, he goes, okay, and now we're going to kill Angelo for breaking the law. Dealing emotional trauma onto Mariana. And Mariana goes, hey, uh, please don't mock me with a husband only to take him away. I don't want a better husband. I want this guy. And Isabella, as stupid as I am, my name yeah. being Mariana, and I'm an idiot. <laughs> Isabella, please plead with me. And Isabella, in a wonderful character move, goes, hey, look, I think he's a dickbag. And he is. But Mariana loves him for some reason. And so, she doesn't want him to die. So maybe we could show mercy, which is what I've been trying to get everybody to which do. Which is all I've wanted the entire time. And the Duke goes, all right, for you. I will show mercy. I will not kill Angelo. He and Mariana will be married. And guess what, Isabella? You and I are going to get married, too. Isn't it great? Lucio's going to be punished because he talks shit about me. You're happy. You're happy. You're happy. Everything's great. And I get to have sex with the nun lady. And Isabella has no more lines in the entire show. Once the Duke says, you and I are going to get married, Isabella does not speak again. So, and that is literally ten lines before the end of the play. It is. That's it. So... And that's something I definitely. But if you do, but depending on, on how, you, yeah, specifically an adaptation. Yes. Well, depending on how you direct that, oh, it's directed yes. in multiple ways. Um, but I did some research on that because that is the exact. The Duke is doing the same thing that Angelo did. He's just doing it in front of everybody, and then well, he's he's, he's publicly doing it. He's yeah. So well, he's and, Trump. He's not Kavanaugh. And he's going to grab the pussy yeah. on camera. Mm-hmm. But there is, there has, I did some research on this scene because it bothers me. Yeah. And it should. And so part of it, and what it about bothers it? me? It's bothersome. Thanks. I'm glad it should. I wrote in big letters here doesn't the Duke do almost the same thing to Isabel yes. that Angelo did? So take my hand, and that makes your brother my brother, and so he too is going to be safe, and everybody's going to be fine. She doesn't answer. Does no, she, she, yeah, she does, does not. not yeah. So, is it a defeat? Is it an acceptance? Are you going to direct it as... Uh, be, th- in, my, in my mind, she's staring fucking daggers at him. Well, if what? I was directing this, and 
I think it would depend on the tone and the message that I wanted to leave with the audience. Do I want to empower Isabella and make her the hero of her own story? Or do I want to make this uncomfortably real for the audience and make everybody uncomfortable? Because there are two different ways to direct it. If you're going for the second one, it's a defeat. She's got no choice. She has to marry the Duke. Because he's the, the Duke and he says so. Well, and it's in front of everybody. Yeah. But this isn't the only time that Shakespeare does this. No. So I thought back to Midsummer. So at the end of Midsummer, everybody's getting married, and Hippolyta all of a sudden mm-hmm. has no more lines. The Duke's like, and you, we shall be married now, which they were already getting married. But she had lines until he said, and now we're getting married, and then no more lines. So but that, not, that is also... It's not the only time Shakespeare does this. So is he just wrapping up like a three-day comedy and everybody's married? Well, or it, you've it, taken a woman who is going to be a nun. Yeah. In Midsummer, I don't think it has anything to the fact... Because Hippolyta barely has any fucking lines to begin with. Yeah. And she wasn't going to say it. She was already marrying him. There's no... She's not going to come back and go, Well, no, I fucking decided not to. No, but in this, it feels different. Right. There's a very different feel. And in Midsummer, is. it's more of a, hey, well, let's wrap this. Let's wrap this shit up. We got so, places and to there's, go. There's an interesting um, M for M was an adaptation that was done in the early 2000s. But I was trying to find. Online, I don't, I don't I know if I've I, heard I, that one. I would one. have to pay for it, so I didn't actually watch it. Yeah, I don't know if I've heard that one. But um, I went looking for dissertations. <laughs> Yeah. Why not? Let's look for theses and dissertations about Measure for Measure if I want to find out what people are saying about this yeah. particular scene. And um, in one of them, and I'm sorry that I'm not bringing up who wrote it, but I'm sure you're not listening to the podcast anyway. They talked about the movie M for M in which Isabella is male. Okay. And so that's definitely something I want to talk about. So how does it change? Is that the only difference like is that the only difference in the casting is that Isabella is male okay so with Isabella being male how does that change what we're seeing right both for the vulnerable body of uh, a female and for the vulnerable body of somebody who is uh, maybe becoming accepting of their own Sexuality. So I definitely want to go over some of what the implications of this mean in a different yeah. ways that you can direct it. But I, if I was directing this play, I would have the Duke say that line. I would have Isabella laugh out loud in his face, flip him the birds, and leave. Well, I mean, that's less... I just, I just want to have Isabella go, you know what? I'm done with all y'all. I hate all y'all. I'm going to go become a nun. That's that's less extreme than than what I would have thought to have Isabella do. But we did spend a lot of time talking about Titus last week. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think I would have... <laughs> run him through. Just, she fucking guts him like a fish. <laughs> like, you're going to marry me. And she just pulls a knife out and goes, Hoo! And then it's even funnier if he keeps talking. He keeps talking, and, but she she, <laughs> yes, she stabs face. him. She stabs him. She fucking deuces, and he just keeps talking. Fucking knife sticking out of his gut. Still I'm a shorter death scene. Than Mark. Than Mark Anthony. So Still, every yes. every other death scene. Period. Still a shorter death scene than Desdemona or I Mark kinda, Anthony. I kind of want to see the direction where she crumples. 
I want to see, and I want the audience to see how that abuse of power can crumple. And I, I, if she can't get out of it, she can't stab him, she can't flip him off and walk away, what do you do except for just to sit down with your head in your hands? Because you're done. Well, I just and wanted to be a nun. And that's going to be a nun. Yeah, and that's exactly like that's exactly why. And you almost—that's exactly why have. I don't want to see that. But that's because, like, I, I, I there's uh, there's already too much of that. And I want to see that in, in reality Francesca on the side, like reach out. And I think that's one of the biggest questions that you have to answer as director before you take the show on is: Are you directing a tragedy or a comedy, or are you directing an empowerment? Well, because it's not even a comedy. This play is technically yeah. a comedy. It's not a comedy. Yeah. Not, not, not. Uh, then, yes. Okay. Then, in in sixteen oh four, it ends with a wedding. When it was first, when it was first written, oh, first performed. This is no more than a, a comedy than bedroom farce is a comedy. You can make it just some stupid sex romp comedy if you want. But but you're doing a disservice. To well, them. I think you're doing a disservice to the the characters in the text and everything. Like you like 100 agreement with you there, and you're also in the 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 timeliness as, as you mentioned earlier, Cassie. This is incredibly timely right now. Yeah. You know, especially with what's been going on in the, the U.S. in the Supreme Court. And like I keep referencing, fucking, this guy is, Bre- Angelo is Brett Kavanaugh. Yeah. I like beer. Oh, I didn't write it down in my calendar that we ever met that day, you know, when I sexually... Did you, did you keep a calendar in college? No. Nobody did. No. no, that's how I knew that motherfucker was lying. He was fucking, nobody has a fucking calendar from 1982 when it's 2019. Oh no! Oh, sorry, I didn't write down on my calendar that I sexually assaulted someone f- fucking 30 years ago, 37 years ago. I yeah. might still have a day planner from college hanging out somewhere. In a You're house. also a lot closer to college. Yeah, I have a terrible diary but, from my freshman year but of all college. You're gonna find it's in got mine. bad poetry in it. I've got all a poetry book that I wrote. Mine. In college, is a, is due dates for assignments. Yeah, but you were pretty good at poetry. In and when I have class, I'm, and when Fada meetings are, like that's well, what's thank you I'm for also that, gonna but, you know. bet that, like, I mean, I haven't looked at Brett Kavanaugh's grades. I'm gonna bet that you were a better student, a love of mine. I graduated with a 4.0 from college. They read my name at graduation. I, they read my I name know, at graduation too, but I didn't graduate with a 4.0. I, I graduated I with a. Uh, oh nope, didn't. I got my Dunn degree. <laughs> B U N. Dylan, I uh, I think your wife and I shared done degrees. Yeah, well, she, she yeah, she, well, because she could have, she could have. There were there were a couple of degrees she could have finished had she wanted to take like one nope. semester more of college. Like she could have had her history degree, and she literally said, "Nope, I'll take that uh, fucking liberal arts degree. Give me that one because I can apply for graduation now." That's what I, I was like. So I could do. Four more classics and get a liberal arts degree. That is my done degree. Thank you. I will do those. Can I? I'm really pregnant right now. Can I just do them at home? <laughs> done. All right. So more I power to you like, for finishing school. We have, we have, I still haven't because there's no point. We have a lot to unpack okay. with this one. Not yeah. for me, at least. So are we? Let's. Go I ahead. think we're Let's good to be call. done. Let's oh yeah. I mean, there's been a we've. 
Fuck, we still got a lot more Every beer man to drink. in this play, with a, lot a of hockey left. little bit of exception. There's a lot of hockey left. <laughs> for Claudio and Aeschylus, um, is a dick bag. He's a dick bag. And, and Aeschylus, Aeschylus and Claudio barely escape. Barely escape being They a dick bag. barely escape. They're right. on thin fucking ice. Yes, so, well, and there's still a lot of hockey left to play. So stick around for that. I had to explain that to my six-year-old, because apparently that's just part of my lexicon, <laughs> when things aren't done yet and won't be done for a while. Oh, there's, there's still a lot of hockey left to play. There's still a lot of hockey left. It's like, we're not watching hockey, Mom. <laughs> Kid, you'll understand, you'll understand euphemisms at some point. All right. I think it's a seven-year-old thing. He's six. I know, it's close. It's coming? Yeah. It is coming. Well, it is coming, because, I mean, February... February. February. That's true. You remember my kid's birthday. High five. So this has been Shakespeare's podcast. I'm Beth Roars. I'm Ryan Halfell. Cassie Greenley. Chase Greenley. And we're holding it together. There's still a lot of hockey left to play. All dicks. All dicks. <laughs> Good night, John Boy. Good night, John Boy. The moose will show us out. The moose. The moose <laughs> out fresh. <laughs> <laughs> Can you find us a moose noise? <laughs>